Oh, that was encouraging. Wasn't that encouraging? I love to see this. We have, if you've noticed, we, um, we've got some drama going on at the church uh, because we have Jill and a few others who have really um, have a heart and a passion to do that. We're going to see more of that as time goes on. Um, and I know it's been difficult to hear sometimes, so we're going to work on that as well. Since we have so many people involved in drama now, we'll have to figure out how we can mic them a little better. But they did such an incredible job, didn't they? Let's give them another hand. And it is, it is encouraging. It, encouragement's amazing. Did you know that a, a simple act of encouragement can do some amazing things? A simple act of encouragement or kindness can can heal the deepest wounds, can melt the, the, the hardest hearts sometimes. It's simply amazing what words can do. Just a few kind words can impact a person's life. During this series, this Conversations with a Happy Heathen series, we took a little turn uh, during Christmas. But during this series, uh, we've been talking about how, the, the, uh, how, how words and how our, our conversations can make a difference in someone's life. And I told you the very first day of this series how someone 
and their kind words and their kind gesture impacted my life for, forever. I, I'm going to tell the story again for those of you who haven't heard it, because it's so important um, to, to how, how this sermon about, it's so poor, important for us to understand when it comes to talking about the, the encouragement and the joy of this season and how our words and the simple things that we do and say can have such an impact on someone's life. My first time at church when I was 17 years old, I went to a youth group meeting. And at that meeting, there was, uh, it was about 30 or 40 kids, and I kind of won't tell the whole entire story, but I was not, not having the greatest time. I was enjoying myself, but then the youth pastor broke out some Play-Doh, and because of my background and where I grew up, I grew up in New York in a one-bedroom apartment with my mom, and I was kind of a hood growing up, and I went to church for the first time with a friend of mine, Don, because our, another friend of ours, Patty, had gone to church, and she was having so much fun there, and she was so happy. We thought she was in a cult, and we wanted to save her. No one could be this smiling like that all the time. So she was changing. We were wondering why. So we went to church to find out how we could kind of show her that these people were kind of nutsy and that she should get out of there. Well, we went there. We spent some time there, broke out the Play-Doh, and, and it showed me right there. See, what kind of church plays with Play-Doh? Who plays with Play-Doh with high school students? Something must be wrong. I wanted to leave the place, but I put myself at the top of the staircase, and everyone was in front of me, so I was stuck there. And so we started playing with Play-Doh, and the youth pastor said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Make a gift for someone in the group that means something to you. So maybe something you've done together, an experience that you had, uh, whatever, something that encouraged the, uh, the other person. So I made a ball and bat and gave it to my friend because we played ball all the time. He made a little football out of Play-Doh and gave it to me because we love to play football as well. We just kind of stuck it in our pockets and, and swore an oath that we would never tell anyone ever back at the apartment complex where we get our our heads beaten in, if we heads beaten in, if we ever told we were playing with Play-Doh, we swore this this oath that we're not going to talk to anyone about this. We agreed, stuck in our pockets. That was the end of it. And as I was thinking about how to make my exit from this youth group meeting, a girl walked up to me and she gave me thirty or forty smile faces. Those from the late seventies, early eighties, that smile face thing. And she said, "We're all glad you're here." Simple, a simple gesture, a simple gift. But with that gift, simple words, we are all glad that you're here. And it melted my hardened heart. It made a difference in my life. It was the reason I came back to church the second time. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Here I am, 17 years old, and if I was with a group of people who could care less that I was there, and a lot of times people come into church, no one says hello to them, no one greets them, no one encourages them, no one shakes their hand, no one gives them a hug, and they go in, they think, Why, what was that all about? No one even knew I was here. I was lonely out there, I'm lonely in a crowd, and I leave, and no impact in their lives. But since someone cared enough about me to, to make that gesture of making those smile faces and saying, we're all glad you're here. I'm standing here this morning. That's one of the reasons. It's not the reason I believe in God, but it opened up my heart to the existence of God. It opened up my heart to, to come back to church a second time and, and listen to the truth of the gospel. It, it, it made a difference in my life. And now for all of you, I'm not sure how many people here who I've impacted. You, you may say, well, you've impacted my life in, in great ways. And you may say, well, not much. And other people say, well, you know, whatever the case may be. But however much I've impacted your life, that is an echo from the past. When someone else encouraged me, 
when someone else held out their hand of help to a bitter and very angry young man. And now I've had a chance throughout my Christian life to impact the lives of others for the last 27 years now. Our words matter. Our words count. Our actions, how we encourage other people, what we say. A simple gift of kindness and encouragement can change someone's life forever. You know, this week we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We celebrate Christ's birth, and we think about Christ's birth. We're celebrating his birth. It's really Jesus' birthday, right? It's Jesus Christ's birthday. And so if that's the case, we have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus want for his birthday? Because we're, you know, we give each other gifts and we celebrate, but we're really celebrating someone's birthday. And I would think that when we're celebrating someone's birthday, we would ask that person, what do they want for their birthday? What can we as Christians, as believers, what can we give to our king? Now, I believe that what Jesus would want is for us to give to others what he has given to us. He wants you and I this Christmas, to give to others what he has given to us, us, a gift of love. He wants us to give a gift of love. When we find people in need, Jesus Christ calls us to reach out and meet those needs, to reach out in love and meet those needs, to think of specific ways that we can touch someone's heart, that we can touch someone's life. In life, people most often... Uh, many, many times they'll feel, they'll, they'll feel powerless. I don't know if you've ever felt this way. You're in a situation in your life, maybe something physical, we have no control over it, but people will sometimes feel power, powerless. They'll, they'll feel vulnerable. Now, it could be that their own actions put them in that place. It could be that they've had an abusive background in some way, and that, that abuse that they went, that verbal abuse, that physical abuse in some way, put them in the position that they're in now. Maybe it was an illness, like I said, some physical illness that has put them in a very vulnerable or powerless position. It may be that, the, honestly, that the trials of life, for so many people here this morning, it may be that the trials of life have just become too overwhelming, you know, you're, you know, it's just been, you've been layered and layered and layered and layered. It just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. And you're wondering, when is it going to end? And life has just become too overwhelming. When people find themselves in that position, they're often victimized by a cruel and insensitive world. You know, you, 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 th- you, would, you would hope that when people are in that vulnerable position or that powerless position, that, that those around them would encourage them and lift them up. But in our world today, when people see others in a vulnerable or powerless position, it's not, it's not encouragement that they find. They're, they're left in the hands of a cruel and insensitive world. But the question is, how did Jesus deal with people going through difficulties in their lives? All kinds of difficulties. How did Jesus interact and meet the needs of people who are going through difficulties in in their lives? To the leper, you think about it, to the leper, Jesus reached out his hand and he showed compassion. When everyone else was, you know, stay away, stay away, unclean, unclean, Jesus Christ reached out a hand of compassion. To the tax collector, Jesus went to his house house and showed him grace. He showed him grace. To the woman 
caught in adultery. He showed mercy. In John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11, it says this. We're told this. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, I find that funny, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. You know, in the church, when we find people who were fallen, when, we've, when we find people who are vulnerable, when we find people who are hurting for whatever reason, not just caught in some kind of sin, but when we find people who are, who are fallen or they're vulnerable or they're, or they're just hurting, when we find people like that, we need to reach out in love, in love. I think sometimes we get lost as Christians because we're, everything's so politicized now and we get caught up in the political wranglings and what's going on and this person, this agenda and that agenda and this agenda and we have to fight against this agenda. But the problem is we forget there are human beings that are associated with that agenda and we sometimes treat those human beings with aggression and frustration and anger instead of reaching out a hand of love. See what Jesus says at the end? He says, uh, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said, and neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. He wasn't saying, hey, well, you know, no big deal. He said, okay, I'm not going to condemn you, but go now and change your life. Change your life. We need to understand that as Christians, we need to reach out in love when people are hurting, when people are vulnerable, when people feel discouraged. Does anyone in here, I mean, think about it. Is there anyone in your life that is, that is going through that right now? Is there anyone in your life that you can think of that is hurting or that is feeling vulnerable? Or, because this is Christmas, remember? It's Christmas. It's Jesus' birthday. Is there anyone in your life that you can reach out to specifically and show them the kind of love that Jesus would want us to show? Is there anyone that you can think of right now that really needs a helping hand, that needs words of encouragement? It is sometimes the simplest gifts of all that make the most impact, that have the greatest impact on someone's life. We're all glad you're here. I mean, that's what changed my life, those words. We're all glad you're here. You think, big deal. I've been in situations where someone said, hey, we're all glad you're here. But you know what? You never know where a person is in their life. No one had any idea that under the surface of, of me just being there and putting a smile on my face, there was such intensity. There was such bitterness and anger and frustration that was ready to explode. There was so much history that goes along with being in situations like that. And then someone comes along and says, we're all glad you're here. Simple words, not grand gestures, just simple words can have the greatest impact on someone's life. 
You want to know what Jesus wants for Christmas? You want what he wants for his birthday? He wants us to remember that. He wants us to share those gifts, those simple words, those simple gifts of love. That's what he wants. Christmas is soon going to be here. His birthday is upon us. So the question is, what are you, what are you going to get him? How's that for a question? What are you going to get him? What are you going to get Jesus Christ for his birthday? What are you going to get him? Whose life... Whose life, I want you to think about it, whose life are you going to touch? Whose life are you going to impact? Because that's what he wants from you. That's what he wants. More than anything else, he would want you to say to someone who really needs to hear it, and you don't know who that is. You don't know what exactly, when you talk to someone, you don't know how, what an impact that's going to have on someone's life. God has orchestrated this world in such a way that you have no idea that your simple words of we're all glad you're here won't set someone on a path that will impact other people's lives here locally and around the world. And the people that I get to share my love with and how they've impacted lives. And five generations from now, it'll be words like, that, words like we're all glad you're here, that change thousands of lives. See, we think we have to be some kind of like superstars in order to really make a difference in the world. You have to have some amazing gifts. You have to be, you have to be above everyone else. You have, boy, if, if, I were, if I had the gifts of this person, I could really make a difference in the world. Oh, is that, that what it takes? Maybe it takes words like, I love you. Maybe it takes words like, you are so special. Maybe it takes words like, I'm so glad God put you in our family. I am so thrilled to have you as a part of, of my family. I, I, to have a friend like you, I mean, I got to tell you something. To, to, to have the joy, to have the privilege of having a friend like you for as many years as I've had you ha has made all the difference in my life. Those are the words that echo in eternity. Those are the words that change the world. It's simple words. Simple words. And that's what Jesus wants for his birthday. When you give someone yourself, you show kindness. You show a kindness to others that will literally change their lives forever. A small gift of love can often set into motion events that will transform a person's life. I love this quote. Listen to this quote by, by Dean Koontz. He wrote this, Each small act of kindness reverberates across great distances and spans of time, affecting lives unknown to the one whose generous spirit was the source of the good echo. Because kindness is passed on and grows each time it is passed until simple courtesy becomes an act of selfless courage years later and far away. I know every single one of you have a story that you can tell me where someone came to you at a very vulnerable time in your life. Maybe you were younger, maybe you were older, and said something to you, said something or did something for you, some kind gesture, some words of encouragement that set you on the trajectory that you're on right now. And the opposite is also true, isn't it? Isn't it? You suffer now as an adult because someone said something cruel to you years and years ago. Words, encouragement, they're powerful. Kindness and love has the power to change the one giving that gift of love. It has the power to change that person, the person giving, and it also has the power to transform the one who receives. It is a double gift. You know, I love, I'm, I'm only 47, but I'm going to tell you something. I love looking at the lives of the people that I've impacted. 
And I know when I'm 87 and 97, if God lets me live that long, when I'm laying on my deathbed, I won't be, I won't be thinking about this and I won't be thinking about how big that was and how great that was. What I'll be thinking about is the lives around me and the lives that God gave me the privilege to impact. That's what I'll be thinking. Throughout scripture, we see examples of how God's encouragement moved people to greatness. God encouraged Abraham and he became a great nation. In Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your, your very great reward. God encouraged Joseph, and he became a great leader. God encouraged Moses, and he led his people out of captivity. God encouraged Joshua, and he led his people into the promised land. God says this to Joshua in 1.5, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God encouraged Gideon, and he became a great warrior, an unstoppable warrior who freed his people from their oppression. God encouraged David, and he became a great king and a man after God's own heart. It's encouragement. It's encouragement. And the same thing can happen in our lives. Some of, you, some of you don't think that your life is very important. You don't see the significance, the impact that you're having. But you're having an incredible impact because you, have, you show kindness. You show compassion. You show grace. You show mercy to those around you. And when you do that, you give people a gift that is beyond measure. Every time you encourage, every time you show kindness to someone, you help and listen to me. Every time you do that, you help a person become the person they were created to be. Every time you encourage, every time you show mercy, every time you show grace, every time you show kindness, you help the other person become the person that God created them to be. What a gift! You know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. That doesn't mean shove the Bible down a person's throat from childhood and they'll just love the Lord for the rest of their lives. What that means is taking the mental energy to think through how your child is made and encouraging them in areas where God has gifted them and training up a child in the way he should go. What is their natural bent? You need to encourage them in those things, and you will see the results of your kindness and your encouragement in your child's life. What a gift. Helping someone find their purpose, helping someone find the reason for their existence, what a gift. What a gift that we can give someone. What an incredible, incredible gift. I, I tell you what, I would like, if you, and this may sound really strange to some of you who are younger, brothers and sisters... Okay, I'm not saying brothers and sisters as in brothers and sisters, okay? I'm saying your brother or your sister, okay? You have a brother or sister, whatever else, or your mom or your dad or your kids, whatever the case may be. You should write them a note this Christmas. Just pick one person in your family and write them a note and tell them, tell them the, talk to them about the uniqueness of who they are. How God, how you see how unique they are in this area. I know it's going to feel goofy. You're so used to like torturing them and picking on them or bugging them or blaming them for something. But take the time. It will, ch I'm telling you, it will, they, they will, they will when, you're like, when you guys are like 70 years old, they're going to pull that big, that little yellow paper out. Remember you gave me this at Christmas, you know what I mean? Right after you punched me in the eye. I, you know what I mean? Saying it's like, they're going to remember that for the rest of their lives. I wrote a letter, and my wife wrote a letter to my uncle who had such an impact in my life. 
And she took the time to tell him, here, I know my husband better than anyone else. And I want to tell you how your life has impacted him and how, how your impact in his life has affected our family. And she took the time to write a letter to him, talking to him about how he impacted my life. You want, do you want to talk about something that's special to someone? You get a letter like that, and I'm telling you, the encouragement, it's life-changing. It's relationship-changing for sure to do that. So take the time to talk to someone and talk to them about their, their talk, write them about, talk to them about their unique qualities and what makes them special. It doesn't have to be very long, just a, just a note of encouragement. Sometimes, sometimes people just need to be reminded of who they are or who they can become. They need to be reminded of who lives in their hearts. They need to be reminded of their uniqueness. You're unique. We get beat up all the time. Negative messages are pressing on us, on us constantly. There's always someone at work or in your school or in your neighborhood or wherever else on TV telling you you don't meet up to this standard. You're not the person I thought you were. You don't do this right. You don't do this right. You don't do this right. Negative messages are bombarding us, and we, as believers in Jesus Christ, what Jesus wants more than anything else is for us to come to know him. And after that, he wants us to encourage the body of Christ and those outside the body. He wants us to be words of encouragement in a world where there's total discouragement all the time, where you're constantly bombarded, especially as a woman, or you're not meeting up and you're not living up and you're not as good as, and you should be this, 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 and you're not that. We need to come around each other and show each other the love that Jesus Christ showed us, the mercy and the grace and the love and the compassion that he shows us all the time. People need to be reminded that God created them for a reason, and we as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ need to help them find that reason, need to point out that reason. Life is filled with difficulties. It is filled with challenges all the time, and if we're going to overcome if we're going to fulfill the purpose for which we, we were created, we need to encourage each other. We need to show encouragement to one another. We, we need prayer, okay? We all need prayer. Listen to these gifts that you can give to people. We need prayer. There are people in this church who have lost loved ones recently. I mean, they're going through a difficult time. I mean, imagine losing someone, your, your mom or your dad or a, or a child or something. Imagine the, the stress and the strain over a time like this, even during Christmas. We need to be praying for each other. What a gift to pray for someone. They may never know you're praying. That's okay. Just pray for them. There are people who are losing, have lost their jobs. There are people on the verge of losing their jobs. There are people in economic strife and, and stress right now. We need to be praying for each other. That person may never know you're praying for them, but we need to be praying for each other. Prayer, forgiveness, what a gift. What a gift that you can give someone. Has anyone, raise your hand if anyone's ever forgiven you for something. You've ever been forgiven? Absolutely. What a relief, isn't it, when someone forgives you? When someone looks at you, when you've done something you know you shouldn't have done, and someone says to you, you know what, I forgive you. I forgive you. When you know you're forgiven by God, when you know you're forgiven by the other person, what an incredible, it is a gift. I don't know what else to call it. When someone forgives you, it's a gift. It's a gift. 
prayer, forgiveness, patience. What a gift. We need it, and we need to give it. Compassion. Showing someone compassion. It's a gift. I mean, those are gifts that, 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 that money can't buy. Understanding. How many people uh, have ever just been in a bad mood? And I'll use the word being a jerk, okay? Um, aren't, shouldn't we be allowed to be jerks sometimes without having to pay the price for it? Under, right? Raise your hand if you want to be a jerk sometimes. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, I, I, my brother has a thing where if, if, if you did something really dopey or jerky and everything, you just raise your hand and admit it. You don't have to say anything. You just kind of raise your hand. You know what I mean? Blow your head. Maybe it helps to lower your head, but you raise your hand. And, and what he says is, I'm an idiot. That's what he does. That's his gesture. And when he raises his hand, I'm an idiot, you know, you know, okay, he's admitting it. But it, come on. I mean, understanding. We're stressed out. We're, we're all a bunch of stressed out people sometimes. We sometimes, sometimes we're jerks. Sometimes we're, I'm an idiot. Sometimes we do things on purpose that we shouldn't have done and everything. But what a gift, what a gift this week, okay, this week, understanding your wife's mom or whoever is coming to town. This woman or person has tortured your whatever, your loved one for years, okay? Here they come to town. Now, your wife might be a little, I'm just using wives, don't get, you know, your wife might be a little edgy, all right? Give her a stinking break, all right? Think right now, okay? That person's coming to town, all right? It ain't Santa Claus, all right? It's someone who's not bringing gifts of joy and happiness or whatever else. It ain't Santa, okay? We're not celebrating the birth of Jesus when we're going through this kind of thing or what she's feeling inside. Think about that right now, a gift of understanding, okay? How many people want to give a gift of understanding this Christmas? Raise your hand, everyone. Darn it. You kids, the same thing, all the kids out there. Gifts of understanding. Understanding is an incredible gift. That's what we need to give. That's what Jesus wants for his birthday. He wants us to, when, when your husband is ready to whatever, to take a step back and say, it isn't me. Give him a little room to vent a little bit. I don't need to respond. I don't need to point it out. I don't need, I just need to give him a little room. I need to give him a little gift of understanding. Grace. I need to give him some grace. I need to give her some grace. I need to give my kids some grace. That's what we need to do. What an incredible gift that someone would be. I try to explain this to Josh. Little jo Josh, our son Josh, jumped off the couch uh, two days ago and, and tore the ligaments in his foot. Anyone, have you ever seen my son around here? <laughs> if you have, he's like probably a flash going by, you know what I mean, with six, six other kids chasing around after him and everything. They run up here. He can't move around like that. So pray for me. Let's pray right now. God help me. No. <laughs> pray for my wife, really. Pray for Deb. He can't get around as, 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 as well as he would like to, you know, jumping off couches and leaping onto things and having a lightsaber and all kinds of stuff. He's going to have to be laid up a little bit. But I, what I try to do with Josh and with the girls, too, when they were younger is I try to teach them grace. Grace is a great gift. So, sometimes Josh does some things that, you know, he doesn't, he needs to get disciplined. And so we'll sit down, and instead of doing that, I'll say, you know what? Here's what you did, and, and let, me, let me talk to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you grace. I'm going to tell you, kids learn the grace thing really fast. They learn that concept. They, they grab that concept and then like it. They really do. 
When you break out the grace and give them grace, they, they, they figure it out, they own it, they understand it. I don't care how young they are. If you give them grace, they've got that concept down. Grace is a good thing. You need to give the gift of grace. Give them some grace. When we're facing the loss of a job, we're facing a broken relationship, when we're facing some kind of illness, we need the love of the body to come around and help us through it, to carry us through it. I mean, literally carry us through it. I don't know about you, but there are times I wish someone could just pick me up like when I was little. Remember, remember when your parents, when you fell asleep downstairs and your parents would carry you up the stairs and you were just kind of limp? The amazing feeling that was just to be able to lay your head on their shoulder or just feel like you could just, you know, be dead weight and they carried you up and laid you in bed. That's what we need to do with each other sometimes. We need to carry each other when we go through the difficulties of life. These have been challenging times for so many people. And it's during those difficult times that people need, they desperately need us to express Christ's love to them. They need that more than anything else. You want to you you see people come to know the Lord? These are difficult times for a whole lot of people. It's dark. I don't know what to tell you. It's very dark in a lot of people's lives. But you know what? The light shines the brightest when it's the darkest. Now is the greatest time you may ever have in your life to share the light of Christ with someone. And it's Christmas. What a great opportunity. Someone who you know your neighbors lost their job or whatever. Think of something you can do to show the light of Christ in their lives. Great, great opportunity right now is a great opportunity. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, here's what I'd like us to do as we close. I want you to think of one person whose life you can touch this week before Christmas. Think of one person whose life you can touch this week before Christmas. It, it, you know, it, it, could be, it could be a waitress. It could be a coworker. It could be your neighbor. It could be your best friend. It could be a total stranger. It could be a total stranger. Look, God, ask God, ask God to give you an opportunity to bless someone and then keep your eyes and ears open for who he's going to give you an, and for that opportunity. Ask him, ask him, say, God, give me, right now, bow your heads with me for a second. Now, I want you to just ask God in your heart and your mind, ask God to give you someone an opportunity for you to bless someone and then keep your eyes and ears open for that opportunity. Now, just for a moment, ask God, God, give me someone that I can bless this week. Ask him. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to do something out of the ordinary. I want you to do something unexpected, maybe out of character for you. Give the gift of love. If we're asking Jesus, what do you want for your birthday? It doesn't take a mental giant to figure out what he would want for his birthday. He doesn't need anything. What he would want from us is for us to be like him. To the leopard, he showed compassion. To the tax collector, he showed grace. To the woman caught in adultery, he showed mercy.
God, who, who do you want us to touch this week? Whose life can we change? What words can we say? Someone real close to us? Someone we've never met before? God, we're asking you to put someone in our path. Give us an opportunity to bless someone to give that gesture of love to someone because we know, we know that simple words, simple actions can have profound implications in the lives of others. So we trust you. We trust that you're gonna use us in a powerful way. Father, keep our, allow us to keep our minds open keep our hearts open so that we can encourage someone even this week. We give you this gift for your birthday because we love you and we choose to follow and serve you. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great week. Merry Christmas.